great. You've been loading up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A. that this episode contains mature content and discusses sexual depravity and murder. Also, I try very hard to pronounce people's names and location names properly. If there are mistakes contained in this episode, please forgive them. In 2010, the Canadian military and Canada herself were shocked by the news that 46-year-old Russell Williams, a colonel in the Canadian forces, and base commander at Tweed, admitted to two brutal murders and dozens of instances of breaking and entering, assault, forcible confinement, among other charges, during a nine-hour confession with the Ontario Provincial Police. How does one become the wing commander of the heart of the Canadian Air Forces while peeping, stalking, and assaulting women in his spare time? Born in England and raised in Canada, his family relocated to Deep River, Ontario, home of Canada's secretive nuclear research facilities. His father was a metallurgist, and his mother took care of him and his younger brother, Harvey. Deep River, Ontario was a planned community, started in 1944 to complement the Manhattan Project. It was populated exclusively by young, male, highly educated scientists and their wives and families. The entire town was designed by an architecture professor from McGill University. All was carefully planned and organized. While living in the isolated town in the far north of Ontario, the Williams family and their two children became friends with the Sovka family, who had three children. The fathers raced boats together, and the families frequently entertained one another, running in the same small social circle. Jerry Savka held a PhD from MIT and originally hailed from Alberta, Canada. All wasn't well in the Williams family, and in 1970, Christine Williams filed for divorce, claiming that her husband, David Williams, was having an affair with a neighbor of theirs, Lynn Savka. Christine sold David his share of the Deep River house and moved with her boys to Scarborough, a Toronto suburb. The divorce was granted, and in a move that had to be confusing at best for her young boys, four months after the divorce was finalized, Christine Williams married Dr. Jerry Sovka. She also legally changed her name to Noni Sovka, dropping her first name of Christine for her middle name. At the age of seven, Russ Williams found himself with a new family, a new home, and a new name. He was now Russell Sovka. While Noni and Jerry were happy in their new life together, the relationship between David Williams and Dr. Sovka's former wife, Lynn, soured. David Williams would eventually remarry and settle down. 
he maintained a close relationship with his two boys and was an important part of their lives. After the divorce and the name change, there is little remarkable about Russell Williams' early life. His mother, the woman who was Christine Williams just a few months earlier, was now known as Nani Savka. She was very selective about the boys' activities, making sure they were doing the right ones, like tennis and sailing. Noni was quite beautiful, and as the wife of a well-known, well-respected scientist, she dressed the part. Hair done up in a bun, clothing neat and stylish. The family settled into a small lakefront house with an amazing view. By 1980, Russell Williams, or Russ Sovka as he was known, was in high school, and his stepfather was transferred to Korea. Rather than move with his mother, brother, and stepfather, the family enrolled him at the elite Upper Canada College, an exclusive boarding school where he would live for two years and finish his education. This pleased Nonisovka, who hadn't been happy with the traditional high school he'd attended to this point. Russ Sovka's classmates would describe him as smart, reserved, arrogant, and stuck up. Not a bad guy, but socially awkward and introverted. Sovka's time at Upper Canada College was unremarkable, except perhaps for what was going on around him. In 2004, Douglas Brown, the housemaster at Upper Canada College, was convicted of molesting students there between 1975 and 1980. There is nothing linking him to Russell and no proof the two had contact. Brown's victims were aged 11 to 13 at the time he assaulted them significantly younger than Williams was during his time at UCC. Russ graduated and moved back to Scarborough to attend the University of Toronto. In his final year as a student at UT, the campus was rocked by a series of rapes and sexual assaults. Known as the Scarborough Rapist, nearly 20 attacks were made on women between 1987 and 1990. Paul Bernardo, who would go on to become one of Canada's most notorious killers, was responsible for these crimes. While Bernardo and Williams were students at the school during this period, there is no evidence linking them, and Williams is not suspected in any attacks done during this period. While in college, Williams, he'd gone back to his birth name of Russell Williams by this point, he reached his full height of six foot two and developed the lean, muscular frame he wore throughout his life. He continued playing tennis and was known as a practical joker. At one point, he took apart a door lock and reworked it so it needed a new key to be opened. This prevented one of his classmates from reaching the classmate's room. Russ's roommates learned to check and double-check items if Williams was around. Such were the nature of his sneak attacks. Nothing violent or vicious, and all in good fun. Williams wasn't known as a drinker or a partier, and it wasn't until the end of his college experience that he got his first girlfriend, a short-lived relationship with a pretty Japanese exchange student that he was taken with. There would be another relationship with a student from British Columbia, but this time she was the unhappy one because Williams abruptly ended their relationship. Williams earned a degree in economics and political science, and... In late 1987, inspired by the film Top Gun, he joined the Canadian forces. He became a rising star in the military. Training at Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, 
It was in Portage La Prairie, the Winnipeg suburb that was featured prominently in Episode 7, that Williams married his wife, Mary Elizabeth Harriman. Harriman, five years his senior, was adored by her military husband. They traveled together, golfed together, and had no children. This was William's first lasting relationship, and by all accounts, they were a happy and devoted couple, although a bit mismatched. Williams was tall, handsome, a blue-eyed soldier, and Mary Elizabeth was petite with short dark hair and glasses, bookish and pleasing, but not known for her looks or her figure. In 1992, they left Manitoba for Shearwater, Nova Scotia, where Williams was flying coastal defense for the Canadian forces. Williams' importance grew. He was in Ottawa, Ontario, the home of Canada's government, flying dignitaries such as the Prime Minister and the Governor-General. At one point, he piloted the plane carrying Queen Elizabeth during one of her visits to Canada. In 2001, his mother, Noni Sovka, filed for divorce from her husband of 30 years. This was devastating to Williams and caused a rift between Williams, his mother, and his younger brother, Harvey. Williams sided with Savka in the divorce. His mother and sibling tried for years to piece the relationship back together. Williams' displeasure did not impact his career with the Canadian forces, and his star continued to rise. In 2004, Williams earned a master's degree in defense studies from the Royal Military College. Twelve years of marriage, Russ and Mary Elizabeth are leading a charmed life. Success, money, prestige surrounded them. Williams' bizarre and violent crime spree, it's still years in the future. In 2009, Williams was named Wing Commander at Canadian Forces Base Trenton. CFB Trenton is Canada's busiest airbase and the hub for all overseas air operations. Up until this point, Williams hasn't assaulted anyone, but he has indulged his need to dress up in the clothing and lingerie of girls and women whose houses he snuck into. In 2009, when he was named Wing Commander, Major General Yvonne Blondin, Williams' supervisor, called Williams a bright and shining star. Williams was admired by people on base, and the couple was active in the community. But just one week before receiving this plum assignment, Williams was on the edge. His behavior was teetering dangerously between the comparatively harmless breaking and entering and crossing over to actual physical engagement with a victim. The bizarre and violent crimes of Russell Williams didn't start with murder. They started small, with peeping. Then he was letting himself into people's homes and collecting panties, bras, and swimwear from the women and girls who lived there. Remember the college trick with the door lock? I wonder how many times he used that to satisfy his overwhelming urge to creep. As part of his discipline, and some say obsessive-compulsive tendencies, Williams tracked and logged his movements, treating the break-ins like a military exercise. Williams is so meticulous, so organized, he knows exactly when it started, exactly when he crossed the line. It was September 2007, and he began with burglary. He would let himself into the home and spend a couple of hours looking around, 
which often concluded with Williams taking pornographic photos of himself wearing women's clothing he found in dressers, hampers, or closets. That first act, September 9, 2007, he went to a friend's home when they were gone. Somewhere he'd been a dinner guest many times. This is where the spiral started. The owners of the house had no idea he'd broken in. Russell Williams was a neighbor and a friend. And I want to clarify, they didn't know that anyone broke in. He simply let himself into the house, spent some time there, rifled through some drawers, went through the dirty laundry pile, let himself out, and went home. Like nothing had happened. By 2008, Russell Williams was one of the head officers on Canadian Forces Base Trenton. By day, he was saluted and entrusted with the safety of the Canadian people. By night, he was sneaking into houses, stealing personal belongings, and photographing himself wearing them. One of the most disturbing instances of this is a picture Williams took of himself, dressed in girls' clothing, laying on the girls' bed, masturbating. The girl in question was a 12-year-old who sometimes cat-set for Williams and Harriman when they traveled. Williams captioned this photo of himself, Merci beaucoup. Between September of 2007 and November of 2009, Williams committed more than 80 break-ins, and more than 60 of these were unreported. Either people didn't realize that he'd been in their house, or, since nothing valuable was taken, they didn't notify the police. Williams was very good at what he did, both on the base and off. He was able to enter homes, satisfy his strange and disturbing fetishes, and leave without being detected. Williams was an avid photographer and documented his crimes. There are hundreds of pictures of him masturbating while laying on someone else's bed, often while wearing or draped in women's lingerie. Pictures of Williams lying on the beds of teen and preteen girls, surrounded by stuffed animals and facing the camera with a serious expression. Williams kept all of these photos on his computer, buried in files with cryptic, uninteresting names to keep his wife out of them. Many of the break-ins occurred on his own street, Wilkie Drive, where Williams and his wife Mary Elizabeth often strolled hand-in-hand. On New Year's Day, 2008, he broke into a house so he could masturbate in the bedroom of a 15-year-old girl. His activities that day included spraying her dresser with semen and taking pictures of himself with her cosmetic brushes against his penis. The victim and her family were horrified to learn that Williams returned the brushes to her dresser when he was done with them. In June of 2008, and again in March of 2009, his collection of lingerie became so large it he took it to a field in Ottawa and burned it. Before destroying the items, he documented them carefully with his camera. It was 1 a.m. on a July evening in 2009. Williams was in the backyard of a home in Tweed, watching through the window as a woman showered. He stripped off his clothes and let himself into the house. He tiptoed past the bathroom where the woman was blissfully unaware of what was going on in the sanctity of her home. While inside, he helped himself to a pair of her underwear and slipped out without being detected. It was also in 2009 that Williams reached his pinnacle of success, being named base commander. 
he also crashed in his lowest moment, the brutal, sexually motivated slaying of 38-year-old Corporal Marie-France Como. As base commander at Trenton, he was in charge of the largest air base in all of Canada. Williams was unraveling, but only Williams was aware of it. Williams and the four women that he attacked. If you believe his wife, Mary Elizabeth, she joins a small, exclusive group, including Linda Yates, the wife of Robert Yates, Judith Mawson, wife of Gary Ridgway, and Paula Dietz, who was married to Dennis Rader, the notorious BTK, for more than 30 years. Their husbands shielded them from their activities outside the home and managed to be both a spouse and a predator. Williams traveled frequently on business, meaning they were apart for days at a time. His back bothered him, and alternatively, being in prime physical shape was part of his job. He took long walks or jogs to loosen tense muscles. How could she know that these excursions were hunting exercises? Walks and jogs where Williams kept an eye out for attractive women, easily accessible houses, and people who lived alone. In part two, we will discuss the horrifying and brutal escalation of Williams' crimes. Instead of our usual closing, I would like to leave you with a partial list of the homes he entered during his two-year spree. It's one thing to hear that there are 80 break-ins. The reality of it, the sheer volume of his invasions, it's another thing entirely. Some of these names are repeated because Williams would visit some of the houses multiple times, or he visited multiple homes on one street. Part two will be out sometime next week. I hope you'll come back and join me for it. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Already Gone Pod. Already Gone Podcast is on Facebook. And if you haven't subscribed already, please take a minute and subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you're listening from. Until next week, I leave you with a list of homes. Cozy Cove Lane, Greenwood Road, Cozy Cove Lane, McRae Court, Greenwood Road, Kara Crescent, Cozy Cove Lane, Charles Court, Charles Road, Apollo Way, Simono Way, Kanata Lane, Apollo Way, Kamaniti Crescent, Kara Crescent, Charles Road, Stellar Street, Wilkie Drive, Mini Avenue, Kara Crescent, Canemore Crescent, Simono Way, Wilkie Drive, Charles Court, Orford Crescent, Sulfide Road, Kara Crescent, Wilkie Drive.
up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A.